0: Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall, and you're listening to the Downtime Podcast, where we delve deep into the gravity based side of mountain biking. First up, I want to thank our supporting partners, and that's YT Industries, Sprung Suspension, and the Strength Factory, and they've all got awesome offers for you. I spent the last month or so riding the YT Capra in its Core 4 MX Guys, and I found it a really fun bike to ride. It climbs way better than its 170mm travel would suggest, and it's playful and light on the trails but that 170 mm of travel has got your back when things get really rough. The suspension settings recommended on the YT website put the bike in a great place for me where it feels really responsive and has heaps of grip, but still has the support that you want to keep the bike composed. The quality of the finish is second to none and they've even found space for an easily accessible water bottle. The Capra comes in a number of spec levels starting at a touch over £3,000 and at every level the price to performance ratio is really impressive. What's even better is that as a downtime listener YT are offering you £100 or euros or dollars depending on where you're from off their entire range. All you need to do is to select I have a voucher in the bottom left corner at checkout and use the code DOWNTIME2008. That's downtime with a capital D, no space, then the number 2008 over at yt-industries.com. That code is valid for a maximum of 200 uses and runs until the 31st of March 2023. We've had a super dry summer, so the focus has been on racking up the miles and perhaps maintenance has fallen a little bit behind, especially looking after your suspension, which can make a massive difference to how your bike rides and feels. If your suspension needs some TLC, then Sprung Suspension have got an offer for you. Sprung like to take the time with each customer to understand the rider, their bike, and the current settings to make sure that they can return your forks and shocks with the optimum settings, any necessary internal tuning, and make sure you're on the best possible setup. Sprung boss Jake Ireland has got years of experience on the World Cup circuit and is currently the team race engineer over at MS Mondraker, so they were my first choice when I wanted to get my suspension running at its best for the Tweed Valley EWS earlier this year. They didn't disappoint and turned around my fork and shock in a day, leaving me with a bike that felt so much better to ride and was definitely quicker down the trails. Sprung are super flexible so you can send your suspension there or if you're near to their base in the Forest of Dean then you can do pickups and drop-offs too they'll do their best to make it work for you as a downtime listener Sprung are giving you 10% off service and tuning until the 15th of November there's not long left now so if you're keen then it's time to take them up on the offer all you need to do is to use the code downtime22 over at sprungsuspension.com that's downtime all one word lowercase followed by the number 22 over at sprungsuspension.com While you're here, don't forget to subscribe or follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. You can hit follow or subscribe in your podcast app now, or there are buttons to help you get that done over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe. We've got a fully refreshed and expanded range of merch available now over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. It's all super high quality, ethically sourced and delivered without any single use plastics. And all merch sales go directly to helping keep the podcast going. Christmas is on its way, and if you're looking for the perfect gift for the mountain biker in your life or something awesome to put on your very own Christmas list, then look no further than a subscription to Downtime EP. EP takes the podcast into a printed format with writing and imagery from some of mountain biking's most talented creators. Put together by the incredible team over at misspent Summers, you can guarantee the EP is a very lovely thing to own and read. Head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash EP to get yours now, and EP3 will be heading into print really, really soon. All the links you need for all of this stuff are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. You can also get in touch and give me a follow on Instagram and Facebook by heading to at Downtime Podcast. Today's episode is also supported by the Strength Factory and I'm joined by their main man, Ben Planger, to help you create your perfect training plan this off season. In this episode, we look at three different types of rider based on their goals, health, available time and energy, and current fitness level. For each of those three riders, we discuss how you should approach putting together your winter training. Hopefully you'll be able to identify with one of the three riders in some way or interpolate a bit between two of them to help you approach your off season in the best possible way. We'll be talking about strength work, aerobic base rides, metrics, fueling, and plenty more. If you want a bit more guidance, then Ben has got offers on his programs for you lovely lot, which we cover towards the end of the episode. And they're also in the show notes for this episode on my website all right without further ado here's ben planger ben planger welcome back to the downtime podcast man how's things with you
1: yeah great thanks chris yeah really good to be here third time in a year i was here last this time last year and then in the spring yeah so uh but it's good to be back definitely man it's good to have you back and um you've
0: done a bit of racing this summer i saw you had a, a crack at the national enduro champs
1: yeah yeah um I managed to sneak one in there but kind of late season national champs up in Scotland at Tweedlove and uh, yeah it was brilliant to be honest I, I just I really miss racing just haven't got to do as much as I'd like for the last few years so it was good to get up there with some really good mates and the weather was amazing the tracks they laid on at Glen Tress were mint and then yeah I'm not trying to big myself up but I pulled an absolute stormer out of the pack. <laughs> I was going to um, say
0: the result was impressive. Mate. Yeah,
1: I, I got my best ever race result. I mean, I got 11th at national champs in my age group out of about 80, 90 riders. You're, but... a, you're in vets now, yeah? Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. Don't mean Four... to rub it in, but I am as well, so that's all right. <laughs> yeah, 42. And um, yeah, I just had a really good day. Came in with no expectations, except, you know, I know I've improved a bit and I'm, I'm riding quite well. Um, and just... What you want when you go racing is to just race at your capability, I guess. Yeah, at your best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only way I would have got a better result, Chris, is if I were simply just a better rider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I really feel like I've just put down my best race run. I didn't crash a weekend. I did, honestly, on race day, I don't even think I dabbed a foot. I just, I don't know how it happened. It's never happened before. I've probably peaked, and I should retire. <laughs> that's it, no more racing, <laughs> but yeah, and I, and I just most importantly, I beat a load of my friends who I've never beaten before. Like that's the most important thing, obviously. Nice, uh, so got the bragging rights. Yeah, yeah. So i was stoked on that. So uh, sweet. Yeah, it was good. Thanks. Good work, man. And and I guess um, I mean
0: everyone expects you as a coach to be like perfect and embodying, you know, everything that everyone says we should all be doing. But you've definitely kind of been open with me that your fitness varies throughout years and i know you had some challenges running up to that national champs with your fitness um yeah just give us your take on it because i think people just need to see that it is hard for everyone right even if like fitness is your job it's not always straightforward is it like illness comes family get in the way there's all sorts of things right
1: yeah exactly exactly all those things you just said you know um yeah spring i was fit as a fiddle Like absolutely flying, (laughs) just been riding loads. Yeah. You know, and then, and then in the, it's going through the spring, like the whole family got the COVIDs. And then uh, one by one, to spread it out for maximum disruption, everyone (laughs) in the house got basically a diarrhea bug. Oh, man. So, first of all, I had a week just looking after the youngest when he was off nursery. And then my daughter was off. And then, we both had it like my wife, you know, so that honestly took us out for near, nearly a month in the end. Yeah. And then before, you know, you're rolling into summer and in summer we've got like a family camping holiday. I don't have space to take a bike with the tent and stuff and all of that. And then I was just starting to get into it again. And then I got a cold out of nowhere, like a gnarly one that stuck around and, and I was getting a bit stressed. I was like, oh, shit, I'm not going to be fit for national champs because the hills there are so big compared yeah, to yeah. where I live. It's and, a big day out, right? Yeah, but luckily, you know, I had enough kind of in the tank, you know, looking at the bigger picture. You know, I'd been consistent across the year, and when I could, I had ridden, and when I was at the gym, I'd lifted when I felt I could and, yes. and stuff like that. And then then I just nicked in a couple of weeks of pedalling before the race, and luckily that was enough, you know, um, that I could enjoy it and, and be competitive. But yeah, yeah, so... It's easy to look at Instagram, which is what everyone talks about, isn't it? And say, oh, look at Ben with his Instagram and he's he works in the gym. He'll be training every day, could probably deadlift a thousand kilos <laughs> and riding with pros and whatever. But yeah, it's just as real for, for you as it is for me. And yeah, 100%, yeah. shit it's not, happens.
0: It's not straightforward, is it? And and so we, we chatted a bit and we wanted to try and create something that enables as wide a range of people as possible to try and get into better shape this off season. Um, and to do that, we've decided to talk about like programming and structure for three different types of people that we think will hopefully closely resemble a lot of people's situations. Um, before we do that, it would be good, I guess, just to remind everyone, including me, of some of the benefits of like structured training at this
1: time of year. Yeah, it's it's basically, the more you put into anything, the more you get out of it. If you want to be a better rider, if maybe this this summer you weren't able to enjoy the race or weren't able to enjoy your riding holiday or whatever it was, uh, then if you want that to change and you need to put some work in, it's as simple as that, you know, whether it's race and performance focus or just just enjoyment, you know, whether maybe you've been struggling to keep up with the group rides this year. Well, if you want to change that, then now's a great time to start doing it, you know. see, Seize the moment, take action, make some changes and be better for it, you know? And when we talk about structured training, it doesn't have to be this rigid, you know, set-out program. It's not even how I work with my pro riders, Chris, and my, my elite guys. It's not how I work, you know? Nothing's rigid, nothing's structured. Uh-huh. Uh, sorry, I'll take that a bit. Nothing's <laughs> it structured. It is a bit structured, yeah. <laughs> it is a bit structured, sorry. Uh, but, and so yours doesn't need to be like that either. It's just about building, uh, you know, a framework that lets you make consistent small amounts of progress over a prolonged period of time and and that's just going to get you closer to where you want to be or where you need to be you Mm -hmm. know yeah so let's refresh
0: i guess just those basic principles of training because they're going to be consistent and sort of underpin each person's program i guess it's just the execution
1: or the amount of all the different bits and pieces that you'll throw together right exactly and principles say they're overarching for everything, you know, and it, it, even across different sports and, you know, not just mountain biking. If you want to run a marathon, it's the same. And the first one, I've already said it, my favourite word that I say every time I'm down time, Consistency. Yes, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Consistency is, yeah, consistent training, consistent work over time. That always trumps short term intensity followed by, you know, time off or, you know waning motivation and things yeah. like that so yeah. consistency always been my first principle and then the other principle that governs all types of training is the idea of progressive overload which sounds jargony but all it means is that to make my body change I need to put it under a new or an increased level of stress to what it's used to mm-hmm. and then my body reacts to try and adapt, so that next time it encounters that stress, it's ready. Yeah. So it might be I'm going to pick up something heavier this week than I picked up last week. My body says, "Oh, that was a bit of a strain. I don't really like that." So it builds some more muscle fibers or whatever. So that next time I encounter that thing, I'm better prepared for it. Same with your fitness on the bike, whether mm-hmm. it's aerobic fitness, sprinting, whatever. Yeah. You know that progressive overload, and they're the two things that underpin training basically and then when i think about more broadly the principles of training for a mountain biker and we're getting a bit into you know actual approaches and and things like that like the tools but but basically i really believe it's important to start with just laying a foundation of aerobic fitness at low level that zone two work which again i always talk about on here and i'll continue to talk about um and strength And then also, like, mobility, basically, your ability to move and, you know, not be stiff as a board, basically. And I think once you, those areas there, the consistency, um, the progressive overload, and then building a foundation, they apply to any rider, any athlete, Mm -hmm. any person who's listening to this, basically. Yeah got you all right good stuff let's introduce these
0: three like imaginary riders then and, and i guess it's unlikely that anyone's gonna be a perfect fit to one of them maybe you are but unlikely but pick who you're closest to and you can always kind of interpolate a bit between uh, a couple of them if you need to shall i run through them is that the easiest way to do it i've got my notes in front of me crack on let's do it all right rider one we're calling the racer no kids uh they work let's say four days a week self-employed so they've got that flexibility they're pretty focused on performance and improving their results. Maybe we're talking kind of late 20s, early 30s. They've got time, energy rich, and they're in pretty good shape. And, yeah, it's a performance and a results focus. So that's rider one. So maybe you kind of identify with that. Rider two, uh, the committed rider who's struggling for time. So they've got a full-time job probably, maybe a couple of kids. The focus is on fun and and uh, and beating some mates at an annual event maybe that they do. And they also want to enjoy a week's riding in the the Alps or somewhere in the hills each year. Um, They're generally fit and ride one or two times a week, but would obviously like a bit more Um, time and energy poor in average shape. um, They're kind of improvement focused and their riding is maybe more social than it is kind of race oriented. And then rider three, uh, we said kind of overweight or injured rider coming back to fitness Can be any age, um, but they're probably either new to fitness, they've lost fitness off the back of an injury or lifestyle choices, um, which can lead to being overweight. Their focus is on health, forming new positive habits to improve their quality of life and and to enjoy the riding a little bit more. Um, So yeah, maybe unfit, uninjured, they've got some time and energy demands, but they're not maxed out. Uh, Riding is maybe more kind of aspirational and they're really focused on the health side. So those are the three kind of characters that we're we're going to try and look at. Is it fair to assume that we're going to say all of these bike riders kind of enjoy a bit of gravity, but we're not going to get into the minutiae of splitting downhill and enduro and yeah,
1: exactly. down country as well these days? Like, <laughs> they, they, yeah, they like riding their bikes. Sometimes they get an uplift. Sometimes they go pedaling. They might have an e-bike. They might have a gravel bike, whatever, but they just like riding bikes. Yeah. All right sounds good
0: and the uh, you know the goals and the circumstances for each of those individuals are different, but there's a lot in common
1: still, I guess yeah, exactly, and you know the principles apply to all of them, and then it's yeah the day to day like the that sort of zoomed in picture can be a bit different, and then the bigger picture and you know expectations and goals and and the journeys that they take to get to those are also going to be different for each mm-hmm. of those people um because whilst they're all mountain bikers they're all starting from a different point and actually they're all looking to end at a different point as well and that's something i'd say to anybody <clears throat> excuse me looking to start training this winter is first of all just appreciate where you're at and where you want to go Mm-hmm It's like Google Maps, you know, (laughs) you put in the destination, but you can't plan the route till you put in your current location. Yeah. So, yeah, have an appreciation. Where am I now? Where do I want to go? And That's then going to inform you about the journey you take. And then we can figure out how to go about doing that. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff.
0: Let's kind of tackle each of these individuals then and talk about how people might want to put together, like, their winter plans or structure their weeks and and try and make improvements in the direction they want to go which uh which order
1: do you want to take them in who do you want to hit first well let's yeah let, let's start with our our uh, racer who we're okay. all a bit jealous of because uh, <laughs> he's getting he or she i should say sorry they're getting to ride more than us and when they're not riding maybe there's a bit less stress and a bit less noise you mm-hmm. know they could be a bit more single-minded and a bit more focused and that's the first thing i would say is that that person with those goals, maybe, maybe they want to go elite, you know, maybe they want to really push their racing, is that of all of the people we're talking about, they need to be the most specific with their approach to training okay. for mountain biking, for their discipline, yeah. whether it's downhill or enduro, whatever. I.e., you know, bike time is king, whereas maybe the the middle person, who's a bit more like us, um, maybe they're more of a generalist. And maybe they do some trail running as well or something like that, you know. So you've got to really think of of that racy sort of, you know, I've got time performance focused end. They need to be more specific with their training, with the way they address it, especially as they approach the season. Whereas as you get towards the uh, sort of comeback guy who's maybe a bit overweight and had some maybe health issues or whatever, that person's very much a generalist and they're very much at the end of the spectrum, like I talked about last year, be a better human, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So that's the first thing that I'd say is that specific versus generalist kind okay. of scale.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> if we're going to take that, should we start at the specific end or the general? Yeah, end? Start, yeah, let's go back to the racer. Yeah, okay. The yeah. So what, <clears throat> what would you put into someone's week then? at uh, this kind of point in the in the i guess the off season certainly for a racer what kind of stuff would you want to see them doing and focusing on to help their improvement and their to, to move towards their goals
1: a great place to start is uh assessing and testing okay um so actually putting down some numbers to go with what we talked about a minute ago planning that journey yeah so maybe we get them on a watt bike maybe we get them in the gym or maybe it's real world you know Timing on the hill, Uh or you know, even with Strava or something. And, you know, let's let's figure out some strengths and weaknesses and then also um you know, maybe vulnerabilities. You know, we I I would assess their like mobility if they were with me in the gym and things like that. We'd look at how they move. Oh, you know what, with that ankle like that and that old knee injury you've had, we need to address that a bit. So you can train hard mm-hmm. and not have any problems, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's the first part. And that's very much like performance focused. Yeah, And then we build build their, their weekly routine. And with that performance focus, we're really looking to, to build week on week and then have those very definite like low weeks where those recovery weeks. Mm-hmm. And so there's a bit more of a difference for that person between very focused and intense training weeks where they have to put a lot of their time and emotional energy into it. Yeah. And then quite a big difference between that and maybe a recovery week, uh, where we really reduce things down and they get that, that mental and physical break. Mm -hmm. Um, again, in the week, they've got more time. That's one of the things we've identified to separate these riders. Yeah. And so, At this time of year, they might be in the gym three times a week, you know, because we're still further from the season. And then maybe that drops to two as we go through to the spring and maybe even one, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, as that maybe they ride more. The training then for that person, again, it's going to start more general, but it's still pretty much bike focused. So we're going to get some aerobic base miles and that rider might have time to do what we'd all like to do. (laughs) To get maybe a two or three hour base ride in. Yeah. You know, doing that zone two low-level aerobic work yeah. that forms the foundation of your fitness. Yeah. And Whereas people, the other riders. People, uh, sorry, just to yeah, say people, people can work out heart rate
0: zones either from doing a a test, right? Or by yep. uh there's formulas which are debatably inaccurate. Yeah, but. so
1: there's there's lots of different ways where you can use heart rate um yeah, so you could do some sort of uh, test to then uh, form your zones. There's, there's several different ones. You can use a formula uh, called the Maffetone formula, which is if you don't use, well, if you don't want to do testing, that's where I would start. Uh-huh. Um, or if you don't want to use heart rate, then just try and work at about three or four out of ten, where yeah. ten is is max effort. Okay, you should be able to at that intensity, chat chat to your friends if you're on a ride easily um, chat as yeah, well, yeah like yeah. easily like not quite like we are now but you're not yeah. breaking up sentences because you have to grab a breath yeah um and you should also be able to do that with your mouth closed uh-huh. nasal breathing only which yeah. i always talk about on here big fan <laughs> of the nasal breathing
0: okay cool sorry so coming back to that then so this mm. this race is putting in some long because
1: they have the time long zone two based rides exactly um and the other thing as well is that you know, whilst all the all the riders are potentially thinking about improvement and stuff like that, is that we're going to think a bit more tactically about you know if I'm working with a, a, a real good racer, someone who really wants to progress and get better results, is we start that conversation of how to be a better rider. Mm-hmm. Like, let's look back at the previous season this season's races the tracks you did well the tracks you didn't the dry or the wet or the steep or the flat um look at you know where you live and let's start to look a bit further out because you know if that rider needs to do more longer tracks but they live somewhere without them then we might need to plan that january or the february trip yeah now get it in the diary um plan it with some other friends book some accommodation book some uplift um or even going to Europe or something like that to get some like warm, (laughs) warm, sunny, dry, hard pack racing to prepare you better. Things like that. Um, and then we'll also be talking about, you know, who can you be riding with this winter? Um, I'm always saying to my quick guys, it's no good if you're always the quickest in the group. You know, if you, you've got your local crew and you're, you're the, you're the boy or you're the top girl. Um, that's nice. Feels good. I, I imagine it's never been me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Um, but actually, that's, that doesn't necessarily make you a better rider. It's like, yeah. Look, who can you reach out to? Can I hook you up with another one of my athletes? Uh, can you hook up someone on Instagram who's maybe near you um, and say, "Oh, can I go for a ride? Can you go out the quicker group?" And now is when we start to talk about that. You know, can we start to make these things happen to help you to be a better rider? Because yeah. that person's very much. Performance focused. Okay.
0: So, at that like race end, time rich side of things, that rider one we've called it, is it fair to say that they're in a position where, if it's affordable, they're going to significantly benefit from some one to one time with an experienced coach because the level of specificity, if that's the right word, and the level of detail and The networks that that coach can potentially plug them into at faster riders, etc., those are the people that are really going to respond well and would they kind of need that extra level of detail and attention? Is that a fair summary? Like, yeah,
1: I'd say that everyone can benefit, I think, (laughs) obviously, it's what it's It's what I do, right? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I see. I see people, you know, and we'll talk about all these different, all three of these riders and they'll all benefit in a different way. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if you don't get a full like coaching package with someone like me, even just like some sort of consultation and or like, a sounding out process where you, you know, you sort of chat through with someone about what have you been doing? And this is what I'm thinking of doing. What do you think? Or getting a, you know, an off, off the shelf online program or uh-huh. distance coaching program. Um, it just means if you're going to put a lot of work in, hopefully you're then going to be working on the right stuff. Um, and I think that that rider, with the time, with the motivation, that rider is always at risk, the the, the real fast ones. They don't need motivating to ride more, usually. Yeah, okay. They often need holding back, because especially if the trail conditions are good or there's some like some mates in town... <laughs> they're going to be like just smashing it loads, you know. And yeah. whether we call it overtraining or just they're just riding loads and just getting a bit tired, um, that's where sometimes you have to rein it in a bit and say, like the coach has to say, oh, you know what I really think you could do is just maybe just go out on the e-bike for the morning and then have a, a nap and rest and eat some good food this afternoon, you yeah. know, uh, or, or have a day off, you know. So, so that
0: yeah, we we were going to try and talk about common pitfalls for each each type, and I guess that is yeah, overexertion, doing too much in that category. Because a, you've got the time, you've probably got the
1: energy because you're fit and healthy, and you're just amped to go ride. So, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, it's just it's just kind of looking out for those things and making that that consistent, that sustainable program. Like if you build, if you are that person, if you are that rider listening, and you're building building out your program, is just you know make sure that you have like those rest days that we talked about and and also just remember i mean we're talking about them being time rich they're not a pro rider but they're just time rich compared to us maybe uh-huh. um and so they're still working a few days a week 3 4 days a week or whatever maybe they've got some flexibility to start early finish early to make the most of the daylight and stuff but just remember as well that you know your your day at work and your level of stress at work will also affect your capacity to train and to adapt and to make progress you know because we all have bad days or you know if maybe they're a tradesman or something like that and it's a real physical day and it's cold and wet on site then they get tired as well you know And yeah we all need to look after ourselves whether you're 24 or 44 um it's just a little bit different yeah okay
0: do you think that wraps up rider one for now or? i think for now yeah okay. i think we'll visit him again all right but yeah should we move on to rider two then so full-time job family lots of stuff going on would like to be a bit faster than the mates be fit for that big trip or you know one or two events throughout the year maybe it's hard rock something like that how would that look different in this winter phase
1: yeah so first of all like this is basically the people i ride with (laughs) (laughs) yes most people i know yeah and me to a certain extent you know um and first of all, like, you're probably doing all right. You know, if you're riding a bit and you're doing well and you can go and ride for a couple of days or do a weekend away, then happy days. Like, yeah. you're in a good place. But, you know, if you do want to be be better as a, you know, your skills, your fitness, so you can do more, go more, ride harder stuff or do that race, then we just want to, like, really get to the, Get to the base of what is going to make you better. Uh, like what are the things that hold you back? So we go back to that idea of understanding where you're at. You know, plan yeah. that that roadmap, that journey, um, and then we just start building that that foundation. Where especially if you maybe haven't been in the gym or you're new to strength training, we're going to start with uh, like that body weight training lots of single leg work, single arm stuff. So it's balance, it's control. It's in multiple directions, all that good stuff. I think we talked about this a little bit last year.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and then it's also, you've got to work collaboratively with the other people in your life, whether it's your boss or your husband or wife or partner, um, you know, things like that, so that you can kind of identify the times that you've got to go and train. Yeah. To ride, to train. And you know, most of us, yeah, I can usually ride one weekend morning. You know, I do a bit of a trade. Like I'll ride for the morning and then I'll have the kids and my wife will go out for the afternoon or something. Yeah. And we've got these sort of arrangements in place. Uh, but then it's then figuring out in the week how that looks yeah. as well. Um, and figuring out, right, what time do I have like most weeks to do this? Like when can I get to the gym? Can I Use a bit of flexi time to give me time to go to the gym on a Tuesday, or to get a, an aerobic ride in before work on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. You know, can I start late? Whatever it is, um, and so that's the first place to start is identifying those those times, those opportunities, and carving them out. Because, like I've said in here before, you don't just find time. Yeah, you have to make it. People are like, oh, when I find some time to start strength training, and I will like smash my head off <laughs> on the table because <laughs> you're not, if you're just like that, you're never going to find it. And I'll speak to you in a year and you're still not strong. Yeah. Um, you need to carve that time out and make it. And that's, that usually means, you know, having good relationships with the people around you and, and being fair and not selfish and yeah. talking.
0: Yeah, 100%. What, what would the let's say we can find a few hours within the week we want to maintain a level of riding maybe it's a night ride with a group or a weekend morning or whatever happens to be what other stuff should we add in what's kind of the most valuable bits and pieces that we could put into our week for riders in that position and admittedly it's going to vary a little bit depending on exactly where you're at and your goals but broadly speaking
1: yeah so the first thing again that I'll always say especially for these like midlife riders is just getting strong is just massive it makes such a difference (laughs) to your riding to your quality of life and like I said this time last year you know trying to be a better human you know so you can move so you're strong so you're agile athletic better humans make better bike riders And then you're setting yourself up to be able to be a good bike rider, not just next summer, but for the next five summers, 10 summers. I want to, you know, I want to be riding for decades, hopefully. And so that strength work really lays that foundation and will allow you to do that. The other thing to remember as well is that whilst we'd all like to be doing midweek mountain bike rides, you know, I think the clock's change next week here. It's going to be cold, dark and wet. And maybe you get a night ride in if you've got a group who who are up for that, mm-hmm. but you might have to take you know the second best option, which is is to get on the turbo trainer or the spin bike at the gym or just the road bike rather than mountain biking, yeah, and just chipping away and something's better than nothing forty five minutes or fifty minute aerobic base training ride at this time of year is better than not doing it mm-hmm. going for a walk. It's better than not going for a walk, you know. If you can't get on the bike, um, and then you know, as we go through the winter, those base training rides might turn into interval training rides, where you did, where you might do like a minute on, three minutes off, and that could be really effective, yeah. Also, really efficient you can you can get that banged out in forty five minutes, you know, in your lunch break or something. Um, and and again, to the people who say, "Oh, I'll just ride your bike more." Well, you can't go mountain biking in your lunch break usually, you know, especially when it's wet and you've got all the admin to yeah. clean it. You might be able to nip a, an e-bike ride in if we're being picky, but you're still <laughs> going to get covered in mud and yeah. stuff like that. So it's, yeah, just making making that time to get those like those main sessions in that are going to make the difference, i.e. some strength work and at this time of year, especially that aerobic work. Mm-hmm. And then also the little bits like the, I see on the cake that add up especially if you're maybe working from home or you're desk based what I call them like movement breaks Chris where it's like I've been sitting down for a couple of hours and I have an alarm on my phone or after every Zoom call or whatever people are doing these days I get up and I take a movement break and I walk up and down the stairs Yeah. or even better get outside get some fresh air get some daylight and I'm going to walk around the block or maybe I've got even longer maybe I can go for 15 minutes um or i can do 10 press-ups and i can sit down in a deep squat like the way a toddler would yeah you know and get or i can do a little couch stretch for my hip flexors and open up my hips and open up my posture because i've been hunched over and i'm the shape of a prawn <laughs> sat behind my laptop you know and those things there you don't need to carve out time in your schedule to do that you know you don't need to speak to your wife or your boss they just take a little bit of discipline to form a habit yeah and then they become a habit yeah so it might start off with yeah that alarm on your phone or a post-it note on your on your monitor to remind you and it'll say like move ben exclamation mark smiley face or whatever (laughs) you know and then you know like yeah i'm gonna clear my inbox and then I'm going to put the kettle on while that boils. I'm going to walk up and down the stairs three times. Yeah, simple. Some people think that's mental, but <laughs> <laughs> they do. Uh, but I really don't. I think that's just like just basic, basic being a good human yeah, yeah. in
0: 2022. Simple things. Like I used to work in an office with lifts, but I never used the lift. I always went up and yeah. down the stairs. Super easy. Yeah. But it just you've always got some kind of movement some kind of it, and if i was going up multiple floors i'd try and do it as quickly as i could and yeah you yeah. know
1: just gamify things a bit and exactly like I, i've driven four hours here bristol to leeds to get here today yeah and i you know i stopped for a coffee in the loo and a, and stuff like that um and number one when i stop in the services i'm not going to sit down because i've just been sat for two hours even though as soon as you stop you want to sit down again <laughs> yeah. it's like this weird thing um and yeah, like yeah, the, the coffee place is up the stairs or escalator. And I'm walking up the stairs, or if I can't, then I'm walking up the escalator, you know? Yeah. You just gotta grab those opportunities to move. Um, because they add up. And again, I don't I don't want to sound it like I'm I'm always rehashing the old stuff on here, but I've been on a few times and you know, that episode, How to Shred Till You're did we say 70 or 80? I can't yeah, remember that that I podcast. Think. 80. Yeah. And I talked about the idea of Uh, The positive things you do compounding, like your pension. yeah, And and all those things compound over time to add to your level of robustness, to add to your health, to add to your fitness. And they then all compound over time to add to your um, potential to be a better rider. Yeah. You know, to be a better rider, to have more fun, you know. And that's what it's all about. I'm literally grinning at you right now (laughs) through this microphone thinking about all the fun stuff on bikes and how much I love it and And how how much better it is when you're fitter. Yeah. 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 Cause it sucks when you're not like when you've just that first ride after a cold, Oh, it sucks. Like you just, Oh, every climb is a grind. And just imagine if, if you're that person in the group where every ride is like that, you're always the one who's last at the climb, whose heart rate is highest, who's bright red and sweating more and like hanging out and, yeah, who has crashes at the end of the day because you're not strong enough to support your body weight and, you know, it's still better than not mountain biking. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like the biking I want to do.
0: Yeah, life can be better for sure. And and one of the things that I think people in that time poor group tend to do is like, well, if I've only got this amount of time, I'm going to go as hard as I possibly can in it. And you end up potentially either just training one very specific
1: kind of, thing or overdoing it right yeah definitely and and this is one where men are particularly guilty and our egos <laughs> need to shut up uh especially if you're like in a group or training in front of other people but yeah look we all need to go hard sometimes yes yeah, to progress yeah. that's part of the game but if you're trying to go hard all the time then what happens is you end up just working like moderately hard all the time because you've always got that constant level of fatigue i'm a big believer in a more polarized approach where we've got that the low intensity work which doesn't take too much out of tank lets you build that foundation lets you really build your fitness and then layered on top of that fewer uh, episodes of it of really high intensity like really hard like disgusting horrible (laughs) efforts (laughs) yeah the stuff that um builds not just that fitness but that mental resilience that mental toughness i think is a really positive side effect of training and will help you like race better and ride better if that's you know that's what you're into yeah so um yeah just don't get drawn into that trap and it's what it's funny you know because a good a good way to sort of remind people is if you look at um tom pidcock let's say i haven't seen his training data but i guarantee that him and all those other top cross country and tour riders 80, 90% 80, 90% of the riding they do is easy. They've just got time to do 30 hours a week yeah, of easy. Yeah. So it is a bit different, but it's easy. It's zone two, um, easy miles. And then 10% is what we can only dream of. And in fact, their easy watts are still, <laughs> would be very hard for us because yeah. they're ridiculous. And so if you're a 45 year old accountant, who sits down for eight hours a day? Why do you think you should do 80% of your workouts hard and 20% easy? Yeah. You know, why do you think that's going to work for you? Because it's not, you know, if the best in the world are, have got the 80, 20 the other way around, then maybe you should do more easy work, swallow your pride. Because I've been there, I've been doing those aerobic miles, or and then, you know, I'm in my easiest gear going up a climb. So I don't just peak my heart rate. Yeah. And you get overtaken by a dude on a Brompton <laughs> or like an old lady or something. And you're like, oh, you want to say to them, oh, I'm just doing, I'm not trying very hard. Doing base miles. I'm just doing base miles. Honestly, I could go, I could overtake you. <laughs> it's like, you need to like, shut up, ego. Yeah. Get back in the box. I know what I'm doing. I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm going to get this done because then next summer, oh yes. Yeah. No one's overtaking me on a Brompton because I'm going to be a machine. and and when we
0: talk about easy versus hard here are we talking about like on bike or on turbo train or aerobic stuff not like strength based if we're lifting we should be lifting relatively
1: yeah so heavy that's a good one actually just to clarify that so i would say in the gym like most of your work is sort of moderate moderately hard yeah moderate you know somewhere in the middle there seven out of ten okay uh and that's a really good place where you you you're working hard enough that you get stronger. Mm-hmm. Um and then maybe a couple of sets in that in that workout, a few sets, maybe for that key exercise are oh, that bit harder there, eight or nine out of ten. And then every now and then there are whole workouts that are literally just that bit harder. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for clarifying that. Yeah, okay. definitely.
0: And so does that like seven, eight out of ten in the gym and let's say ninety percent easy, ten percent hard on bike or turbo or whatever does that ratio and that approach kind of work for all three of these riders i know we haven't really talked about rider three yet but mm. do you see that that being a fairly consistent like underpinning principle
1: or yeah i'd say i'd say so but just remembering that that uh the young driven racer um they're sort of moderately hard in the gym is harder Yeah there may be ours is. Yeah. You know, when I think back to the amount I could tolerate and deal with and the intensity that I trained, you know, in my late twenties mm-hmm. is different to now. Yeah. Okay. So even if both are at seven out of 10, but that's relative to what you're capable of. Yeah. Okay. So I'd say that, yeah, it's broad broadly the same. Yeah. But the actual training sessions will look a bit different. Okay. And that, that young guy, that young racer has maybe got time for more training sessions and maybe some of those rides are a bit longer. Yeah. Uh, Whereas the the sort of dad dad squad get fewer training sessions and generally they're going to be like grabbed in between other things. Yeah. Got yeah. So for people that are maybe relatively new
0: to the gym side of things, is there a way that you would describe um, how someone should feel during post and maybe the day or so after a gym session to give an indication if they're working at
1: that moderate level or below or above it mm-hmm. yeah yeah you're right um so first thing just to kind of highlight to people hopefully remind people but some people maybe have the wrong idea is that it's not supposed to like really like hurt you know <laughs> like no pain no gain yeah sometimes if you really grind it's like really uncomfortable and it's but it's you know, if your knees hurting and your back's hurting, then you're not do- you're doing something wrong. Yeah. You know, whether it's technique or too much weight or too advanced where you're at. So just that's global. Um, But then, I think when you're starting off, you've just got to accept that you are going to get a bit sore, <laughs> and that soreness might kick in during the session, a couple of mm-hmm. hours after, the day after, or two days after. Yeah. And in the short term it's going to negatively affect maybe your riding or maybe even your ability to just sit on the toilet yeah. <laughs> or walk up the stairs. I've been there. Yeah.
0: Normally when I get on a bike, I actually feel all right, surprisingly. Yeah. And
1: normally it makes it better yeah, as well, yeah, that yeah. cyclical motion. Yeah. So you've just got to kind of accept and embrace that. It's that short-term discomfort. And then as you adapt to it, yeah. we then start to build and get the benefits of it. Talking about the actual session itself, again, in general... I think that you should leave the gym most times feeling like I could, I could do a bit more. Mm -hmm. And again, that's for all of these riders for most of their sessions. Yeah. You should leave thinking, yeah, I could have done a bit more. Maybe I could have lifted a few more kilos, done a couple more reps, done an extra exercise on the end. Yeah. You know, that's That's a good way to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than absolutely wrecked every time. Yeah. Um, Cause the harder the session, the longer the recovery and then, you know, because our, our sport isn't to be as good as possible in the gym. To be good at our sport and to improve and to enjoy it, we need to do the sport as well. Yeah. And that's always the balance with strength and conditioning in any sport, whether it's like football or rugby or whatever. You know, that's always that balance. Yeah. yeah. Um, we want to chase some gains in the gym. But the goal is to be, well, for the racer is to be a better racer. For the other two people are talking about the goal is really to be a better human that lets you enjoy riding more
0: definitely definitely yeah i tend to feel like the soreness in the first week of the program when it refreshes like every month yeah so when i'm doing different movements and stuff i'll feel sore like the day after a little bit but then the second week that generally goes so yeah, yeah. It's, it's like i guess it's just an indication that you're doing something different and your body's responding to that stimulus right
1: yeah exactly exactly Cool. All
0: right. Have we covered rider two then, the time poor one for now? I think for now,
1: yeah. We we will visit him again, no doubt. All right. Rider three then. So
0: maybe a bit overweight, maybe injured, maybe just new to things, new to fitness, new to riding perhaps, like looking to improve, but starting from a lower
1: level than rider one and two. Uh, Where do we start? So I think, the yeah, this rider really needs to be a generalist in every sense of the term because they need to really focus on being being that better human, okay? Health and longevity first mm-hmm. and especially if, if we're talking body fat as well here, that's going to improve everything. Lose a couple of kilos, straight away mountain biking is a whole lot easier going up and down the hill, Yeah. okay? And so the first thing I'll say is that, yes, we want to talk about, uh, you know, time in the gym, time on the bike, going for a walk movement breaks and all of that but if i was starting with a ride like this who maybe had sort of not so good lifestyle and nutrition habits then then that's where i'd be really starting i'd say look carry on riding your bike as you do um and let's try and get some sort of strength training in even at the most basic simple level Mm -hmm. but let's put some time and energy into forming better habits uh, around your lifestyle. Okay. And if you've identified a certain amount of time in your week for self-improvement and for, and for training, there may be one of those hours that you think might be spent on the turbo trainer sweating, that might be spent better off doing a weekly shop or preparing a load of meals. Okay. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, and doing a good job of it and instead yeah, of relying yeah. on takeaway. or Yeah, so on a Monday night, Yes, it would be, you know, if you could do an hour on the turbo trainer and burn 600 calories and boost, you know, do some meaningful work to improve your fitness, that's good. But then if you're then knackered, you then uh, go to work the next day and then you, you're eating shit for lunch um, and you've got nothing squared away, mm-hmm. you're a bit behind the curve at the start of the week. Then maybe over the course of the week, you don't get in a calorie deficit to lose body fat. Um and maybe we're not really reaping the rewards. Maybe that rider is better off on a Monday night doing a meal prep and cooking a load of roast vegetables and chicken or whatever and having a load of Tupperwares in the fridge for their lunches Uh or batch cooking a massive chilli and rice that you can have for dinner like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday so you know that you're eating good proper food and things like that. So it's just thinking a bit outside what I normally talk about here which is... You know, very much like sets, reps, bikes. You know, and I do talk recovery and sleep and lifestyle and nutrition. But that rider, I'd I'd really be looking at those things as well, and and how you can improve your sleep. You know, what changes can you make to your to your daily routine to move more? Mm -hmm. Because we all get drawn into to thinking about um, you know purely fitness um, and that training session. But if you do a couple of hours training a week and a weekend ride you know in the grand scheme of things you know that that hour on a monday is a drop in the ocean if that's your hour of movement over two or three days yeah you need to get out you need to walk you need to move um and you need to make that part of your routine like a morning walk every day get daylight get fresh air walk half an hour be great if you can't do half an hour do 15 if you can't do 15 do five Something's always better than nothing, yeah. you know? And so that's the first thing I'd say is for that person is to approach it as more of a health, longevity, lifestyle and don't worry about what that racer rider and what the pros are doing on your Instagram. Like you, you've got a different outlook here. Mm-hmm. And similarly, that right this rider we're talking about, this imaginary third rider, they might not be like overweight and stuff. They might be just just a bit weak from years of not training you know use it or lose it um maybe they've been ill or you know stressed at work and stuff and they're just starting from square one yeah and and yeah so for them it's like right you know carve out that time and that that person is a bit more similar to the middle ground rider like us you know where you've got to carve out that time you just start from a different point and you just need to swallow that ego, start with the basics, you know, master those basics of body weight, aerobic training. um, And, and just, yeah. And just have realistic expectations as well, which I'd say is, is true for all three of these riders is that, well, if we, if realistic expectations is, you know, set your goals high, but also, you know, if you are that, Uh, that overweight rider who's just starting fitness and training, who really struggles with to be consistently healthy and and training and moving. If it's taken you 10 years of neglecting your body, and I say that not in a judgmental way, if it's taken you 10 years to get to this, to where you are now, don't think you're going to fix it in 10 weeks. Yeah. 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 Like look at this with a long-term appreciation and set yourself a goal for the summer in six eight nine months absolutely that's going to keep you motivated it's going to give you direction and that goal you know probably shouldn't be in whatever the mountain bike equivalent is of an iron man you know <laughs> if you're that person yeah uh it needs to be something a lot more achievable but there's no reason why you can not have that that crazy goal for 2 or 3 years time. And really take that long term outlook for it. Mm-hmm. Whereas that, you know, the the racer with the time who's already starting at that higher level, you know, set those lofty goals, push yourself, you know, use that as motivation to drive yourself on on those on those dark nights when yes, you've got the luxury of the time, but it doesn't make those aerobic miles on the road bike in the rain any easier or nicer. Yeah it's those lofty goals and that drive that gets you out the door yeah, and that keeps you going that little bit longer mm-hmm. when you want to sack it off, you know? Yeah. Um, and then that, the people, I guess, a bit more like us, the time crunch but still reasonably fit, reasonable riders in the middle, they, again, they fall somewhere in the middle yeah, as, as yeah. they continue to.
0: Okay. That rider three, I, I guess it's, I'm not 100% certain that's always going to be the case but potentially kind of lacking in motivation maybe that's part of the reason that they're at that point identifying as rider three that they've struggled with the motivation to kind of deal with some of the health aspects or the fitness side and and to get all that going benefits there for people to kind of try and find
1: groups like doing these things together yeah absolutely Um, yeah finding people to ride with you know uh, or call it a training partner or call it a friend you know you never want to let you don't want to let them down. It's easier to let yourself down than it is to to let down someone else, you know? Like if I've planned a ride on my own, <laughs> you know, it's a lot easier to to change my mind and not go yeah. than it is to text someone and let them down. Like that sucks, doesn't it? Um and then also you get that positive energy of the group as well, if it's the right group, hopefully. Um and these days, you know, there's so many There's Facebook groups and forums and and stuff like that where you can meet people, where you can meet up, like-minded people, maybe people of a similar level, maybe a little bit quicker than you to sort of pull you along, drag you along. Absolutely. Because, you know, when we're talking about that rider and whether it's fat loss and really about health or not, you know, if you've got to that position, then there's a big, yeah, the mental game is a massive part of it you know and it may be that you know there are some deeper issues here around exercise and health and forming positive habits and you might benefit from talking to somebody as well um you know about why you feel this way why you can't consistently do that you know maybe you're like angry and frustrated oh fuck why is why are all these other people why are all these other people able to do this Uh, and I can never make it stick. Like, what's at the what's at the root of it? Maybe get a different type of coaching. You know, but it's more about your behaviour and habits and and stuff like that. You know,
0: yeah, like a life, almost a life. Coaching yeah, like kind a of life thing.
1: coach. You know, um, get someone to help you uh, in that way. That might be the best way to spend your time, effort, and money. Mm-hmm. That actually gets you there because you know, for that person, yeah, you know what. My programme will do a really great job for that person, but only if they stick to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, you know, only if they could be consistent and I do my best to build it in a way that helps them to do that and mm-hmm. to encourage them and to motivate them and to get them to think about the why behind what they're doing. But that doesn't mean it's right for everyone, you know, and that person might benefit from that sort of thing. And, and you know, you know if you're thinking about changing habits that lead to fat loss or improved health or improved performance you know for any of these people it is a psychological game because all of us can listen to these podcasts or read a book or read online but why is it that some people are able to do it and some not yeah you know it's about habits it's about the language you talk to yourself with it's about being happy and things easier said than done it's about moderating stress it's about the relationships in your life you know I don't know are we getting off topic here and getting a bit you know (laughs) a bit hippie a bit (laughs) uh holistic but I don't think we are because all three of these riders whether you identify as an athlete a dad or a mum or or whether you see yourself as someone who just really needs to turn it around before it gets too late. They're all people, you know, with sort of feelings, emotions, needs, wants, fears. And those are things that then drive you. So, yeah, maybe I didn't really think this, (laughs) this wasn't part of our kind of plan, but I kind of got here anyway. And and as I get older and wiser and uglier um, and more, open to talking about how I feel and things like that, you yeah. know, which I think probably gets easier as you get older as a man. Certainly I wouldn't have been talking like this as a mid twenties captain in the army. Uh, yeah. I feel uh, similarly. Not that like I was a mid twenties captain, no, no, now, but, but yeah, it's yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. easier to talk about yeah, where, stuff where it's very much like Ugh, alpha male fucking all that nonsense. Hide it. Yeah. 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 It's, um, I think it's really valuable. Um, so yeah, t- you know, talk to people and just, just get to know who you are. And then that's going to help you to understand how you feel when you want to miss a session or, or the other way around, or it'll make you understand why you always feel you need to absolutely thrash yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um. And yeah. so I think that's going to help all three of those riders to just do a better job of being consistent and it'll help them to do a better job of enjoying the process, mm-hmm. which is really important. Yeah. Uh, enjoy the process not just the results and then the results will come and then you'll be on that podium or you'll be having a great time riding in the mountains or suddenly you're not the last in the group and you're enjoying those rides and every ride doesn't stress you out because you're going to you're worried about being that person who everyone's waiting for definitely man
0: definitely good advice and as well as like riding groups there's groups in gyms right there's kind of classes and all sorts of things going on in gyms that enable you to
1: exercise with other people in some kind of structured format yeah absolutely definitely chris and the class environment is that's one of the great things about it you know is is that shared energy that camaraderie and making friends and all that sort of thing um and yeah i mean that's why at the gym in bristol where i coach people all of the kind of my kind of weekend warrior like everyday riders i coach them in small groups like generally two or three at a time and they're my you know they're generally like well actually i've got quite a range from like late 20s to nearly 60 now and some you know there'll be two or three of them and they've they've all got jobs and they work and balancing time and for some of them the expense is definitely something they've really got to think about as yeah. well you know getting a return and it's You know, it's a a big expense, but it's worth it because they go away feeling better because of hopefully the energy that I bring. But the other guys in the group, you know, and they get to know each other. They get some banter. And then sometimes now they go riding with each other. We just had a Strength Factory social ride in the Forest of Dean last weekend. Nice. Although it did get messed up by the rally that was on. (laughs) So we got to see some cars drifting around corners which was cool yeah but we didn't get to ride. <laughs> the ride didn't quite go to plan but that's another story ah, well obviously. but um yeah so yeah bringing yeah. other people in is definitely a good yeah, yeah. A good, and if you don't a have approach. a group or a tribe or whatever you want to call it make one yeah you know you, you f- figure it out yeah the internet's pretty useful for bringing yeah, people together the internet like exactly and there are like organized days and events you know especially for women these days you know uh, bike Park Wales had a women's day there was that thing up at Revolution Bike Park which by the way I'm very sad about gutted yeah that is yeah, very yeah. gutted to see Revolution will not oh, be makes me a bit sick around for poor guys yeah but um you know there's all these events that bring people together and yeah in particular for women at the moment yeah um but I'm sure there are other things out there that you can get involved with yeah there's um, exactly yeah for just sure. go, down, go to your local bike shop yeah spend some money there support them yeah um And say, hey, is there a shop ride? Can I come? Yeah, good. All right. I want to talk a bit about metrics. And I think one of
0: the metrics that potentially that third group could uh, pick up on and maybe struggle with is weight. Um, Weight is not as straightforward as it seems. Like Everyone wants to lose weight in inverted commas, but actually going to the gym and putting on muscle, muscle weighs more than fat. And you can easily think you're not making any progress, whereas you can be burning off fat and turning it into good healthy muscle so weight's something that people should maybe be a little bit cautious of using as a metric
1: yeah so when you're like really overweight which is probably not that common you don't see many really obese people on the trails um then yeah weight is where it's at but for most people you just need to lose a bit then you're better off like you say looking at just how how your clothes fit you know or use like some sort of you know waist and you know get tape measure out measuring like that. Um because for all of those riders, in terms of like climbing or doing a big ride, watts per kilo matters. That determines how fast you can go up a hill. Whether it's go uphill slowly, if you've got better watts per kilo, you can just go up slowly at a lower heart rate. Yeah. Or if you want to go as fast as you can, how fast you can get up. And so watts per kilo can be can determine Races more at the cross country end uh, and road but also a bit in enduro maybe not so much in downhill it's just watts really yeah um for that middle that middle ground person like us you know that is what kind of separates the riding group you know and if you can drop a kilo of body fat happy days straight yeah. away you' you've moved that metric in the right direction um similarly if you can do some training in the gym on the bike add a few watts. Preferably, we'll do a bit of both. Yeah. And now we're flying. That's that's when it all comes together, uh-huh. you know. And so for that person who is at the more overweight or, you know, health end of the scale, then, yeah, you use the scales. It's that, you know, just general monitoring. But be aware that muscle is more dense than fat. And that, you know, if you are doing strength training, hopefully you're going to be building some muscle. And so use that in conjunction with, with something like measurements. Um, yeah, you can use those scales that use what they call it, electrical impedance or something yeah, like that. Yeah, for body fat. Yeah, uh, never convinced super convinced how accurate that is. Yeah, never super convinced, I'll be honest. Um, but look, if you've got one, then use it. I probably wouldn't bother buying one. But um, yeah, and just the thing is as well, we're talking about climbing. Like as soon as for that person, body fat reduces all, basically all health outcomes improve as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah that's, better human, better rider goes yeah, the other way, right? Better exactly. rider, better human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's massive, you know, because you want to be around for a long time, uh, living uh, with a good quality of life as well. So
0: for sure. Are there other metrics that you think are valuable in any of those three groups? I mean, we talked in the, you know, the racer kind of group, the rider one about, maybe some timing or what's on a on a on a a what bike what about like your rider two rider three groups so there's a metric you would target
1: well yeah just really quickly i mean going back to the racer like the metric that matters is the time you know yeah you're racing the clock your race time and so i would say to those people is that you either need to do some like low-key early season or winter racing which is which is going to kind of help you know where you are but also get you used to the pressure of racing Yeah. or at some in some form or another you need to be doing stuff against the clock in uh-huh. your training um, because the clock doesn't lie Yeah. Um, so that that's that and yes you can get you can monitor your performance on the Watt bike you can monitor how much you're deadlifting and or, all that good stuff but That's where it counts. That's where it comes together. Yeah. In that middle ground, you know, the kind of the busy person with a job and maybe they've got kids and, you know, we're trying to balance it all. The metrics is is a bit trickier. And and I'd say, I'd almost say, have a think about the sort of person you are. There are definitely people who are very numbers focused and Mm -hmm. I've coached them, I've spoken to them and the numbers motivate them. And they want to use their turbo trainer or the what bike at the gym or Strava or a stopwatch on a given loop or a hill near their house to use times or numbers to monitor them over time to monitor their progress. Yeah, they need that. They need that. That motivates them because if they don't have that and they just feel like I'm not sure I'm making progress I'm guessing they lose motivation mm-hmm. there are and those people generally very generally tend to be more maybe from your background engin- <laughs> engineering types yeah they love a spreadsheet oh yeah oh they just they don't just do them at work <laughs> no, they love do them, them they do them in their spare time <laughs> engineering types maybe more uh practical logical type people uh-huh. and then again generally in my experience but this is you know 14 years as coaching people now since yeah. I left the army, uh, the people who come from maybe more arty, creative backgrounds tend to be a lot less fussed about numbers. Couldn't care less. And in fact, it's just a pain for them to think about it. And they see and experience the world and they're riding in lots more subjective way. Yeah. Okay. And so, yes, you know, and and they'll just see, oh, on my training programme, the weights I've squatted, they've just gone up a bit in the last couple of months and that's good enough for them. Or in the group ride, I just feel I'm a bit quicker. I'm a bit nearer the front. Or, you know, maybe they'll have a look and they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah I have got a little bit quicker like Strava's told me or whatever. Yeah, uh, And that's fine for them. Um, again, there's no right or wrong so. It's very easy to get dragged into the quagmire of nonsense useless data and I've got a real bugbear (laughs) for people spending ridiculous amounts of money on like 600 quid Garmin watches they've got 200 features that they don't need Mm -hmm. and then halfway through a training session or they'll be on a ride and it's synced up to their bloody gmail (laughs) and they get a bloody email on their watch and it is literally the worst thing it's the last thing you need yeah, yeah, you don't need that seriously get a 50 quid heart rate monitor or the most simple entry level computer, they're just trying to sell you all this crap that you don't need, like all of the brands, all as bad as each other and it's like a bit of a bragging right it's a bit like swinging your dick about like <laughs> look how big and expensive my watch is so you might as well wear, wear a Rolex, you know you've got a 600 quid training watch I guarantee you don't use most of that stuff and in fact there's so many things on there that number one is a hindrance uh-huh. to you actually do meaningful training because simplicity rules and then it becomes a stress when you're stressed about bashing it on a catching it on a tree yeah. it's expensive or you're falling off and then you've got to update it you've got to charge it the watch I use I, I change a battery like once a year and it's really effective for training. So, yeah, that's a bit of a side <laughs> one. I'm not going to be getting sponsored by Garmin anytime soon. There so. we go. Wow. But, um, yeah, but so. yeah.
0: Throwing gadgets at your training is not going to get you fitter. And I've, I've certainly been guilty of that in the past, right? Yeah. Yes, there are plenty of things out there that are useful, right? It's good mm-hmm. to have a good turbo trainer. That's a great piece of kit, Yeah, etc. But just because you've gone and bought yourself a fancy turbo trainer is not going to mean you get fit right no, that's the thing no. that you have to actually go do the work and get to the basics of it and rather yeah. than worrying about the spec of your turbo or your watch or exactly
1: and it's only useful if it's meaningful it's like well how many times do you talk to people about uh telemetry on bikes and the the thing that the people always come back to uh for the people who are very good at actually making meaningful decisions based on it. Is it's about learning what to ignore yeah. and what's important and that crazy Garmin is telemetry for your body and but you know in, in a way you yeah. know and it's yeah. just too much yeah. and, and I, I shared it because it made me so happy I, I don't know if the situation's changed I'm sure it was um Yolanda Neff mm-hmm. one of the best cross-country riders of all time yeah She doesn't train even with a heart rate monitor, Chris. Really? She does it by feel. Yeah. And yes, she'll do lab testing and she'll do stuff to monitor progress. But day to day, she doesn't even race for fun. Yeah. Most of the time. I mean, that says it all. There you go. So um, She's in touch with her body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Impressive. All
0: right. How are we doing on these three different riders then? Are there bits and pieces that we've missed? Are there things you'd add
1: into any of those three groups? I think that, you know we're we're pretty the big picture's pretty tied down i think that when we get in the gym it definitely varies where at one end the racer who's in good shape hopefully injury free they've already got a foundation of strength and mobility we can push them hard we can load them up i can i can get some weight on the bar they can pull build up to pulling double body weight deadlifts you know yeah. um and bench press and, you know, weighted pull-ups, all the good stuff. We want them to be just strong. And then layer on top of that the power work that we talked about with our Spring Speed podcast mm-hmm. uh, back in April. At the other end, you know, the uh, the real beginner, starting from, from basics, I just wanted to be able to stand on one leg to start with and then to be able to squat under control just with their body weight um and to really just build from there to be able to do five press-ups to start with and again the person in the middle that everyday rider who's who's juggling a million things they're somewhere in the middle if they if they've been training in the gym for a long time and you're really proficient then absolutely we can pull some heavy deadlifts but but maybe we're not going heavy every week maybe we just choose like once a month or or twice a month every other week if I'm feeling good, if I haven't been sat all day and my back feels tight, then we're going to pick and choose our times. And yeah, we're going to pull a heavy deadlift yeah. um, when the planets align <laughs> to mean you can. Yeah. And and I'm like that. Oh, that's very much my reality as well. Like I've used to be like decent strength, like 80 kilos. I never quite got 200 kilo deadlift. <laughs> I never. I got to like 195. Never yeah. quite cracked the two. And that's nearly two and a half body weight. Is yeah. strong. These days, I'm I'm not near that, but I'll have days where I think okay, I can. This week or today, I'm going to pull a heavy deadlift. But then I'm doing the warm up, and I'm like, oh, you know what? My back feels really tight here because I've been at the laptop writing programs or whatever, yeah. or I've driven to lead some back <laughs> yesterday. I'm not going to go heavy today. All those days, hopefully, where it has all aligned, and it's like you know what? I'm going to pull heavy today. Uh, and so it's just listening to figure out where you're at and appreciating where you are in the bit broader scheme of things. I've been lifting since about twenty four. Yeah. You know, getting on for twenty years. If you only started lifting a couple of years ago, then yeah, there's still a lot of a lot of work to be done. And just because you see someone else doing it doesn't mean you should. You know, we need to stop comparing ourselves. Uh, to the stuff we see on social hundred percent um which is good advice, full stop, but it really applies in the gym as well,
0: yeah, all right, we're in that winter phase, certainly in the northern hemisphere um it's the time when flu, colds, and the lovely covid are always floating around and are ready to take us out um I just keen to get your brief thoughts on how people should approach training when when you have some level of illness, whether it's on the COVID and the flu end or on the cold end of the spectrum.
1: Yeah. So when you can normally feel it coming on, you know, you're like, oh, not quite right, a bit tired. Maybe someone in the house has got a snotty nose. Um, if you've got kids, um, maybe if you are that more focused performance racer, maybe you're monitoring your like resting heart rate and it's up a few beats. Oh, that's unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's coming on, now isn't the time to go really hard because that normally just speeds up the onset and you just get ill. What I'd always rather do is when you feel it coming on is back off, get to bed early, eat healthy food, drink loads of water and with a bit of luck, you might just fight it off and it might not manifest itself and maybe you miss a ride or a hard ride becomes an easy ride or a hard gym becomes a mobility session and you're thinking, oh shit, I missed that session. I really need to do it. But by not getting ill, you didn't miss two weeks of sessions, you know? So it takes a little bit of discipline. When it actually gets a hold of you, a general rule, you know, a very general rule is if it's only like above your neck, like the back of your nose and so on, then yeah, you can probably do some low level stuff. You could do some aerobic work. You might even be able to do some strength work, just back Uh it off a bit, but no intensity. Um, if it's below your neck or in your chest, just you need to stop. Okay. You know, proper rest, and that's you know, notwithstanding. You know, speak to your doctor, blah blah blah. But you know, yeah, that 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 is my general advice I give to anyone I coach. Um, and then play the long game. It's really tempting to get back too soon, and then maybe set yourself back again. Yeah. I'd rather just wait that extra day or two. And then that first ride back actually feel good rather than be on the cusp, you know. Um, And again, it takes discipline, especially if the weather's good or your mates are riding, you're going to miss an uplift. It sucks, but it happens to all of us. And it happens to pros as well. You know, every pro rider, although it looks like they're riding every day in amazing, better places than you, (laughs) on better bikes than yours. With more skill. (laughs) With more skill. uh, Da, 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 you know. They all get, they all get ill every winter despite the best efforts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You can't avoid it, can you? It's one of those. No one has a perfect winter of training. Yeah. I won't, you won't, no one listening will. Okay. So it sucks. Yeah. Just eat, drink water, get to bed early. If you, you know, so you don't get really stiff, go for some walks. Have a hot bath. Super low
0: intensity. Yeah, have a hot bath. Light
1: some candles.
0: Yeah. You know, it's all good. Enjoy some rest. Yeah. Read a book. Nice. Cool. If people want to bring an expert on board this winter to help them really get some focus going and get some improvement, like how would you see the Strength Factory programs fit in with each of these three different riders? Because you've got varying different programs that maybe suit them differently.
1: Yes, Chris. So I guess the two main like levels and the main programs I've got is the complete mountain bike program, which I know you've been on for probably two years now Yeah, and you used to prepare for um, EWS. EWS 100. And it did it did me proud. Happy yeah. days. Um, that's like my longest running one. Uh, that is more towards the performance end. Yeah. But then crosses over into that middle ground, you know, the sort of, you know, fitness enthusiasts or sort of busy, you know, cause it's not all encompassing. It is balanced um, and, you know, it starts off from a not ground level, mm-hmm. but, you know, you don't need loads of gym experience. But ideally you're going to come into that injury-free, not overweight, and with a little bit of fitness is a great place to start that, just a bit. You know, if you can go and ride for a few hours on a weekend yeah, uh, and maybe you could do a few press-ups, you're going to be all right on that option there. Um, and that's definitely, you know, for all the racers out there that that's the one you want as well Uh for the for the rest of guys in the middle ground there and and certainly for the for the person who's really starting off uh, my over 40s mountain bike program which i actually launched this time last year on your podcast yes you did um, which has been super popular yeah super popular episode and super popular program yeah people all over the world literally using that and in fact just Cy, yeah, Cy Turner from Cotic was just talking about it on your podcast a couple of days ago, he used it to prepare for EWS 100 as well. Yeah, I've got a few Um, mates using it and they're all rating it. Yeah, yeah. like getting really good reviews and that really takes a lot lot more gradual approach, um, starting with lots of body weight work, you don't need a gym for that, you can do it at home as well with just a couple of resistance bands and looks a lot more at the bigger picture about stress, sleep, breathing, um, and that's ideal for anyone who's number one overweight, who's struggling with injury niggles, uh, or who has previously, you know, it's not physio, you know, it's not replacement. But if you're always getting little niggles, it's a really great, safe place to start training. Uh-huh. Um, as well as people in that in that middle ground. You know, if you haven't trained for a while, if you're a bit out of shape, then that is where I would start, is that over 40s programme. Um, and that's 20 weeks long as well. So we're not just dipping the toe here. Yeah, uh, We're saying, look, I'm going to commit to being better. I'm going to commit to, to rebuilding or to building, to be a better human, Mm -hmm. to be a better rider.
0: That's going to take you through the winter then at this point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you've got access to that. Both those programs, you get access through the app for a full year. Mm -hmm. They're both delivered via an app to your phone uh, with uh, videos for the exercises so you do it safely. A bit of coach support. If you need anything, if you've got any questions, I'm always on hand. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, I stand by it as well, Chris. I always say, you know if you if you're not satisfied with the program you get your money back it's as simple as that like i don't i i want people to get better at riding i want my programs i want the things i say on these podcasts to be accessible uh i love meeting people out on the trails and it happens more and more now like the more of these i do and the more my youtube gets out there the more people come and say hello and i want i want you all to enjoy riding more and if you're a racer i want you to get better results uh if you're a middle-aged dad, I want you to beat your mates, you know, uh, and then I want you to tell them <laughs> how they did it, how you yeah, did yeah, it, yeah. yeah? yeah. So, uh, yeah, so those are the two options and the great news, as always, is I've got some discount codes for the loyal downtime listeners. Lovely, hits up. Yeah, who I really appreciate. Uh, so, first of all, the complete mountain bike programme, the code at checkout is really simple, it's downtime podcast, no spaces, when you enter it, it's all in capitals anyway. And that will give you 20% off and that takes it from $89 down to, oh, I can't remember what it was, $70 odd, I think. Uh-huh. Um For the Over 40s program, the code for that is Downtime Podcast 40. Downtime Podcast 40, again, no spaces, all capitals. And that will give you 20% off and that, that program is 189 US dollars because it's a lot longer and that takes it down to about 170 mm-hmm. both of those codes are valid until the 6th of November okay um, and obviously we get all the links below all the normal all the normal stuff so people can follow that
0: 6th of November so it's quite a short window so yeah. if people want in, they need to
1: yeah to jump on that one take action get in there I think this goes out next week so you've only got a couple of weeks yeah. to use the code yeah um, and if you've got any questions about any of the programs then uh, yeah drop me a line uh, through the website contact form through Instagram, I'll get back to you. Or similarly, if you're not sure which program is going to be right for you, then give me a shout and I will help you make that decision.
0: Nice one. And where's the best place for them to like to look? So the
1: website is the, webf- uh, yeah. the website is thestrengthfactory.uk. the strength uk. the strength yeah, uk. that's correct. Got it. And then Instagram is strengthfactory underscore coach. And then the YouTube is going really well actually. I've yeah, even been, nice. yeah. Just uh, I've got a videographer on board. I'm uh, investing a bit, bit of uh, money and more effort into that. Cool. So um, yeah, just look for Strength Factory. You'll see my face. Yeah,
0: and I'll stick links to all those three in the show notes for the episode. So Happy days. Can find all that stuff as well. And I guess before we sign off, worth mentioning
1: that over forties is not just for people over forty. No, like we've got. I've got. Actually, I think the youngest person who got in touch with me is in their late twenties and you know, over forties kind of who I'm mainly thinking of that midlife rider. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're in your early thirties and, you know, you you always get a niggly knee when you ride and you haven't done any exercise since uni ten years ago then that's still going to be the one for you. Yeah. Or if you had kids younger than we did and (laughs) you're in your early thirties and you have got no time and you're flat out with family, all that kind of stuff is going to suit you. Definitely. That's a great option when you crunch with time. And that's, that's also the best option uh, if you can't access a gym. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Well, it's as always been super interesting,
0: picking your brains on all things fitness and lifestyle and health and well-being um thanks for sharing some wisdom hopefully uh people have found it interesting and can identify with one of those three individuals and use some of the stuff from there to get motivated mm-hmm. and get some drive for a winter and turn themselves into yeah better riders and better humans
1: that's the name of the game mate yeah thanks for having me uh, i always really really enjoy doing this i love doing it and yeah i love hearing from the the listeners the riders and uh Yeah, I look forward to bumping into plenty of people out on the trails in the coming years.
0: Good stuff. Nice one, Ben. Thanks, mate. Cheers. All right, that's it for this episode with Ben. I really hope you've enjoyed it. If you want a bit more guidance and fancy trying one of Ben's programs, which I can personally recommend as I've used them a lot over the last few years, then as a downtime listener, there are some great discounts for you if you're quick. Get 20% off the complete MTB program until the 6th of November using the code DOWNTIMEPODCAST, all one word, all capital letters. And you can get 20% off the over 40s MTB program also until the 6th of November using the code DOWNTIMEPODCAST40. That's all one word, all uppercase, followed by the number 40. You can find all Ben's programs over at thestrengthfactory.uk. That's thestrengthfactory.uk. A massive thanks to YT Industries for supporting this episode of the show. I've been having a lot of fun on their Capra MX in the Core 4 spec, which is insane value for money in a world where everything is getting much more expensive. What's more, as a downtime listener, you can get an extra £100 or dollars or euros, depending on where you are, off of their entire range. All you need to do is to select I have a voucher in the bottom left corner at checkout and use the code DOWNTIME2008. That's DOWNTIME with a capital D, no space, than the number 2008 over at yt-industries.com. The code is valid for a maximum of 200 uses and it runs until the 31st of March 2023. Also a massive thanks to Sprung Suspension for supporting this episode. If you're looking to improve the way your bike rides and to give your suspension some love after a long summer of riding, look no further than Sprung Suspension. With knowledge from working at suspension companies, bike companies, and World Cup race teams, Sprung are going to be able to sort you out and have your suspension feeling better than it's ever felt before. As a downtime listener, you can get 10% off service and tuning until the 15th of November. All you need to do is to use the code DOWNTIME22 over at sprungsuspension.com. That's downtime all lowercase followed by the number 22. All right, here's a few other links that might be useful to you too downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe so you don't miss an episode forward slash shop to support the show by getting yourself some brand new merch and forward slash ep if you want to get your hands on copies of our lovely print project downtime ep as always spread the word tell your rider mates and make sure as many people as possible are listening that's it for today we're going to have another awesome episode coming up really soon but until next time get out and ride